0: and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast.
1: Look, I won't lie, it was a struggle. We weren't doing a whole ton of shoots, but Sue was always so passionate and always just worked so hard and was always doing different marketing, was getting out there, talking to people. She just still had that vivacious life inside of her and, you know, told me exactly what to do, what not to do. I think in my first year, I probably made about (laughs) $20,000. And as it went on and I started to get better and my sales improved, I really started to realize that, hey, this is amazing and this is something that that I really want to do.
0: This is the Portrait System podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one, navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Casey Littler, and this episode is extra fun because Casey used to work with Sue way back when Sue was still in her garage studio in New Zealand growing her own business. So Casey gives us a glimpse into what it was like working with Sue at a time when Sue was really doing exactly what she teaches us now. Networking, doing business-to-business marketing, and really hustling for clients and working through her own self-value. I ask Casey tons of questions about what it was like back then and how she ended up growing her own business in New Zealand. Casey has had some low points in her career that have brought her to a place where she is now, which is really successful, with a photography studio in a commercial space Based on everything she learned from Sue all of those years ago. This was just such an insightful interview, and I know you're gonna love it. Okay, let's get started with Casey. Hey, Casey, thank you so much for chatting with me so early in the morning for you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. So, Casey is coming to us from New Zealand. Sure am. Where in New Zealand do you live? We live in Clarks Beach, which is just a little bit north of Pukekohe, South Auckland. Oh, nice. I hear it's so beautiful there. I hope to go one day. I hear it's just amazing.
1: It sure is. And it's winter at the moment, so it's cold, but beautiful. (laughs) Awesome.
0: So, Casey, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on today, not only because you're a super successful photographer in New Zealand and you have an incredible business, but also because you started working with Sue way back in 2007 or 2008. Yep, 2008. Yeah. And, and I think it's always nice for people to hear about back when, you know, before Sue was an educator, when the only business that she did was photography as a photographer. And she worked her way through all of the challenges that all of us are doing the work on now as we grow our own businesses. And so I think it's really cool for people to hear that perspective of what it was like working with Sue. Not to minimize, like, I want to, of course, we want to talk about your business and how you grew it and everything in it, you know, in New Zealand and Australia, but I think it's fun for people to to also hear the whole, you know, Sue perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, it sounds like you used to work for Sue initially as a videographer.
1: Yeah, basically, I met Sue around about 2008, and i just finished a Bachelor of Visual Arts where I majored in videography. And... Sue was looking for a videographer because she, at that stage, already had this vision of where she is now. She wanted to create videos. She wanted to start videoing her shoots behind the scenes and to go into this place that just at that time, you know, we weren't quite ready for. This is before our cameras even had the video capabilities. Mm -hmm. So it all began there and she just had this big vision. And I, being... A uni student just finished and done video. She actually met my mum. She was renewing her gym membership. And at that time, my mum was the manager at the gym. And they just got talking. And Sue said to her, she's looking for a videographer. And it kind of all just happened from that moment.
0: Oh, no way. Wow.
1: (laughs) Another one of those moments that, you know, even Sue now, just, you know, everything just happens for a reason. And you put something out there and it comes to you.
0: Totally. It just changes the trajectory of your life. It's just, it's so cool.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you were introduced that way.
1: Yeah. So basically, Sue gave my mum her card, and I remember sitting there and looking at this beautiful card of these photos and just thinking, wow, this photographer is amazing. And so I gave her a call, and she was literally jumping on a plane to go to Sydney. And she said, call me in a week. Let's catch up. And yeah, it kind of all went from there. She photographed me and my mum, and that was just an amazing experience. And yeah. We started our venture, really.
0: So from there, were you just doing behind the scenes of her shooting her normal clients and that sort of thing?
1: Well, at that stage, I wasn't actually doing anything. She was just introducing me to the world of photography. This is when she was still working oh, okay. in her Caracas studio that she talks about, that little garage studio that she worked out of. Mm-hmm. And that's where we had our photo shoot. But from there, that this is the time that she basically packed everything up and just left her life and moved to Melbourne ah. she left with a makeup artist at the time and that didn't work out so she contacted me and said hey would you like to move to Melbourne and come and be my videographer and makeup artist I'll teach you makeup in here, and you can kind of do both jobs I had never done makeup in my life but <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy it and I loved doing it on myself and I was twenty. I think, 21 or 22 years old. So I thought, well,
0: why not? Right. That's so cool. And that's very typical of Sue, to really try to teach people and elevate them. I can think of other assistants that she's had where, like Caitlin, for example. I don't know if you've... Yep, I've met Caitlin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right, When when she was in New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Caitlin came in just... She's a musician, first and foremost. She's a singer. And then to come in just, you know, as an assistant and just do PA work and that sort of thing. And then Sue elevated her into this like incredible videographer. And one of my makeup artists, Katie, she came in and started working when I worked with Sue in Seattle. Same thing. She came in as a PA and just, you know, helping us and assisting us, whatever. And then Sue taught her makeup. And now she's a full blown makeup artist. And it's just really cool how she does that. She elevates her staff, finds their interests and just like goes with it.
1: Oh absolutely it's it's quite incredible I mean you know that meeting her just completely changed my whole life and I am now where I am because of that one moment of meeting Sue I resonated with her completely we're both Gemini's our birthdays are a few days apart and oh nice we just connected somehow and I just held on to her and listened to every word that she said I mean I was just in awe of her you see how incredibly talented she is she was no different back then, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was quite a remarkable journey because at that stage Sue was going through a remarkable journey herself, and she was still trying to find herself. But it was incredible to be part of and to witness.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So at that point, you're in Australia, you're learning hair and makeup, you're doing video. Are you just like freaking out? Are you loving it? Uh, like, I feel like that's a lot. You move to a new country. You're like, I did. I just.
1: Absolutely loved it. I mean, I wasn't making bugger all money. I didn't care. Sue always provided for me. She would pay the rent in bits and pieces. But look, I won't lie, it was a struggle. We weren't doing a whole ton of shoots, but she was always so passionate and always just worked so hard and was always doing different marketing, was getting out there, talking to people. She just still had that vivacious life inside of her and Mm -hmm. it was it was just awesome so I was doing the behind the scenes video stuff it just never quite worked because the cameras that we had then were sort of your old you know handheld cameras they were good it's so different now you know with our DSLR cameras and we couldn't get the visuals like you could see that she could visualize what she wanted and We just couldn't get that yet. But we tried and we did do some cool videos. And from there, yeah, Melbourne didn't quite work out. Well, it did. It was all just part of the journey. We ended up moving up to Brisbane. We lived with her brother for a few months. So that was also an interesting time. We did a lot of sort of behind the scenes work at that stage, just editing and marketing and research. And then it wasn't until I think it was early 2009, we ended up in the Gold Coast of Australia. And ironically, my auntie had a apartment there that they rented for holidays, but they didn't have anyone in it. So we asked if we could rent this place and we went to have a look at it and it was just beautiful. It had all these glass windows around it, just beautiful light and white walls. It was just the perfect space. And that's where Sue sort of opened up that Gold Coast studio and we worked from there. From there, we got quite busy, so that was really fun, and I mainly really assisted on those shoots and did a little bit of video, but the video thing sort of wasn't working, and it just became a situation where we just needed to make some money and she needed to do some shoots.
0: So, I mean, you guys were, like, starting over every time you moved. I mean, it's not like you're moving into a community where you have all these clients. It's like, okay, super successful business in New Zealand, pick up, move, Melbourne right yeah and then move again to the Gold Coast like that's a lot to have to start over every time like that's not easy
1: no and I mean she had all of her studio stuff and all the canvases and the outfits and every time we moved you know we're taking all these things but yes I mean it was just me and her she had her brother there in Brisbane but it was for me I, I had the most amazing time I was young and living in the Gold Coast it was incredible but I knew for Sue, you could just tell how hungry she was for more and nothing was like connecting. I know you hear her talk about a few of her stories of sort of that point where nothing was happening, we had no money. The shoot that she did, the young girl that came in and she paid $500 deposit and went home and her mum said that she needed to have a refund. I remember that shoot so blatantly and that money was so important because it was literally a week's rent. and that's when it sort of everything just started to kind of crumble, but in a really good way because it was clear that the universe was saying to her, look, this is not right. You need more than this. And yeah, I had actually met my now husband at that stage and he was living in Perth and he started flying over from Perth and we were kind of ready to take our relationship to the next level and I could just see she was just so hungry and so ready for more. And... I was really happy. So at that stage, she said to me, look, I'm gonna move to Sydney, I need to do this and to really focus on me and focus on you know what I need to do. And at that stage, I was just so excited for her. I just, I knew she was gonna be incredible, but I was ready to start my own life. I mean, I'd been working with her for over a year, so I'd seen what she'd done and I sort of knew the whole process. But she started training me and I think it was about in two weeks she got a client in and just started teaching me posing and she was just amazing. I remember <laughs> just, she's just so blunt and to the point and, <laughs> you know, told me exactly what to do, what not to do. And then I managed to just find this beautiful little cottage in Gold Coast and it had a little single garage that had carpet and white walls that, like, kind of done it up. It was literally just the most perfect little studio and. Yeah, that's where it all started from me. And that's where it all started from. So it was kind of, I would say, her kind of rock bottom and her time that she just knew like there was this big wide world out there and she knew exactly what she wanted. And she just went out there and conquered. And it's just been the most incredible journey to watch her and to see where she's gone because I never had any doubt in her whatsoever. And I just love seeing her up on those stages because when we were living together, I remember going to just small events in the Gold Coast, women's events, and she would literally not even sleep the night before and just have these like moments of panic, like panicking about having this talk in front of a few women. And, you know, now she just stands up on a stage in front of thousands of people with the most confidence. And it's truly remarkable the barriers that she has broken through and where she's gotten to now. Right. I'm just so proud of her.
0: It's so amazing. She's talked to me about this. You know, she talks to the whole community about it. But hearing it from you, it gives me goosebumps, you know, just to.
1: Oh, it, it makes me quite emotional right now thinking about it because I just, you know, from what I witnessed and seeing the struggle that she went through, but still how incredibly talented she was in the caliber of her work. Mm hmm. And just seeing her push through those barriers is just, it's truly remarkable.
0: Mm -hmm. So then Sue, she moved to Sydney at that point and you stayed on the Gold Coast and opened your own studio?
1: Yep. And that's where it all started for her and for me as well. So she went off and, you know, did incredible things. I I started my little studio in the Gold Coast. I mean, look, I think in my first year, I probably made about (laughs) $20,000. It's
0: (laughs) <laughs> I mean, first year, that's not bad.
1: <laughs> it was a very hobby-based situation. I was very lucky as my husband at the time, he was working in the mines, so he was on a really good income. So I was just living this cute little cushy life on the Gold Coast and having a lot of fun and, you know, doing photo shoots when they'd sort of come my way. And as it went on and I started to get better and, you know, my sales improved, I really started to realise that, hey, this is amazing and this is something that, that I really want to do. And so I started to really push myself from there. And Sue and I remained in contact, obviously. I remember her asking me to go to Perth. I think that's when she was asked to be the Canon Speaker of Leish or something, one of her first sort of big educational sort of seminars. So I went with her to Perth and that's when it kind of really hit me and resonated with me that, right, this is this is incredible. Mm hmm and this is what I want to do so I was very fortunate that Sue would allow me to come to a lot of her seminars and stuff as well she said I was sort of her model so she could teach people sort of posing and stuff and she used me but of course I just learned so much from those seminars and yeah it was just amazing experiences really
0: right wow yeah that just sounds like such an incredible experience Especially like you said, you're like young and hungry and ready to learn and just, you know. Absolutely. On this new path with your business. It's really cool.
1: It was. For me, you know, I'd just come out of university and I'd never really earned money. I'd done part-time jobs. So money was never a concern for me, which I can appreciate for a lot of people. It's very different, especially if you're starting photography at a later stage. Mm -hmm. But my whole journey now, I mean, I'm 33 now. It's taken a very long time, but I've done a lot during that time. And a lot of the earlier years, I was a sponge and I just absorbed it all and tried it all. It was an amazing time.
0: hmm Yeah. So when you opened that first studio in that first year, were you following the model that Sue teaches now? Well, she didn't really
1: even have that model.
0: That was still such early days. She,
1: she would give me lots of, like, she had sort of printouts, Basically, Mm -hmm. she had this vision of the Sue Bryce Educational website and what she wanted, and it was in her mind. And she started in bed with Sue at that stage. That was kind of the beginning of it. But she more so had like a printed folio, which showed behind the scenes images of posing, and I had that. So that's kind of where it all sort of started from.
0: So when you opened that first studio, like the pricing model and everything that Sue teaches. I mean, obviously she didn't have Sue Bryce education back then. I don't even know if education was at the forefront of her mind yet, but well, I guess there's two questions here. Was she teaching back then yet? And were you using the same pricing structure that she had been using in her own business that whole time? So I pretty
1: much used the exact same pricing structure and situation that she used. And that was Gift vouchers, just marketing everything that she had done in the studios that I'd been with her. Mm -hmm. Whatever we'd done in that past year, I did the exact same thing. The education side of it, that was all in motion. Those wheels were in motion, I would say, years before. You could tell. Mm -hmm. But yes, I basically just did exactly what she told me to do. And I didn't know any other. I didn't go out of my way to start looking at other photographers or researching other systems because... I just had complete faith in her and what she did, and that's all I followed, basically.
0: Wow. Okay. So it was the three packages, the small, medium, large, the session fee, the gift voucher, giving out the session fee, that sort of thing?
1: Yep. Yep. Exactly that. I think I also had individual images at that stage and the other gift vouchers. But yeah, my prices were up with hers. And I remember doing my first sale, I mean, out of this little garage and it was sort of a two and a half thousand dollar sale. And I had the folio boxes and everything just like she had and sort of told me to do. And it was just such an incredible moment of just like, wow, this is, I can
0: do this. There's something about that first sale that can just,
1: absolutely. I mean,
0: it gives you that confidence like, oh my God, like I can do this. It's the best feeling.
1: Yeah, I'll never forget it.
0: <laughs> yeah, same, same.
1: And I still get that feeling. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, true. Actually, yeah, that's a really good point. I do too. Every time someone spends, you know, over $1,000 with me, I just can't, sometimes I still can't believe it.
1: I know. <laughs> oh, it's man. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. So you were in that garage studio in the Gold Coast area for how long?
1: I think we were there for maybe a year or two, possibly. And that's when things started to pick up for me and I... I started to get better at what I did, but I did go a little bit off course. And well, not off course. We decided to move to a bigger house. I wanted a big studio because I was actually doing quite well and my husband could see that, but we also just wanted a bit more space. So we ended up renting a house literally like two blocks down the road. And the whole upstairs area had this big open sort of lounge that met onto the master that had like an office space as well. So essentially we turned that whole upstairs area into my studio, but also it was our bedroom. So it wasn't exactly perfect, but it worked really well because it had the most beautiful light. And from there, I um, this is back probably 2010 or 11, I think. This is when those Groupon deals sort of just came through. I don't know if you have them in America, like Grab One or Groupon. Yes, yep. That sort of just launched, and I just managed – to actually get into one of those and do a $99 photo shoot promotion. And it just went nuts. Like I sold, I I can't actually remember, but it was over like 100 shoots or even more. It could have been in the 200s. And I mean, some of those people didn't redeem it, but you still got half of that $99. So I made a bit of money just from that. But that just took me to a whole nother level. And I just had so many shoots coming through. But it also pushed me into different genres. And, you know, I'd get a lot more families and babies and newborns and stuff like that. So it started to push my boundaries, whereas I really did just want to do glamour and boudoir, which was still predominantly what I was doing. But that's when sort of a whole new role started to happen. And that stage is when my career really started to take off and started to make some, you know, pretty good money. I can't even remember what my sales average would have been, but it would have been around, I'd say, the $1,600 mark, maybe. Oh, nice. Yeah, and so this was a time of our lives when we were engaged at this stage. And, you know, we were planning our wedding in Rarotonga and we were getting to that point where the next step was starting to come into our minds. So I actually went to New Zealand. I came here for a bit of a holiday and two weeks I ended up working here and just doing really incredible shoots and just the space I was in and everything, it was just it just worked so well. They paid up front, the sales were really good, the results were really good, it just all kind of connected. And I remember Sue always kind of saying this to me, you know, if things aren't going right in life, they're just not falling into place, there's something that's not right and you kind of have to follow your heart and follow your gut instinct and roll with that. And it was just quite interesting because then suddenly my husband got made redundant in the mines. That was beginning of the recession, I think, when everything sort of started to go downwards. Mm -hmm. So he got made redundant. My work was sort of drying up in Australia and it was just, we both just felt it was time to come home. We were married by that stage and, you know, we wanted to have a family, but essentially we left Australia with a lot of debt and we had to move to New Zealand with pretty much debt, not any money, and we had to start all over again. And we lived in my mother's spare room. We actually had to sleep on a mattress on the floor because the house was so small, we couldn't even get a bed upstairs. So we basically really hit rock bottom. And we had to start our lives all over again. And coming from this lavish lifestyle in the Gold Coast where, you know, Mm. Ben was on a great salary, I was making great money, driving nice car, living in a beautiful house, to suddenly have everything crumble and you start all over again as as a newlywed couple it was a very dark time and when we moved back here it was the middle of winter oh wow yeah yeah Yeah. we hadn't experienced a winter like this and it was all it was yeah it was it was hard but you know those moments That's what allowed us to get to where we are today because Mm -hmm. we did Mm -hmm. hit rock bottom and we had to face our demons and realize we were overspending and we weren't living within our means. So it was a good journey and it it really tested our relationship and our marriage as well. You know, to be living with your new mother-in-law and (laughs) having no jobs and
0: no money. Yeah, it's pretty stressful. Right. And I think a lot of people have gotten to a point where they, they can relate to that debt and just wondering what's going to happen next, especially back in that time, right, when the recession was hitting. I think a lot of people definitely struggled. Absolutely. During that time, for sure. But it seems like, though, you had this sort of foundation. Like, you knew what to do because you had, you had learned it, you had done it. So now it was almost just like having to, like, pick up the pieces and do it again. Absolutely. I did, once again. So I'd sort of started that first studio. Then I
1: did the second one in the Gold Coast. So now it's time to start again in New Zealand. And I rented the little granny flat off my girlfriend in Caraca, which is also South Auckland. What's a granny flat for okay, those <laughs> of us?
0: Who...
1: <laughs> a granny flat, just like a little separate unit to a house. So it's a
0: little self-contained little unit. Okay, so we would call it a mother-in-law suite sort of thing. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, so it had a little bathroom, a little lounge and a bedroom. And
0: Yeah, 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 okay.
1: It was gorgeous. It was lovely. And it just had two, I nice shot in the bedroom. Yeah, it all just kind of worked really well. I was doing the same marketing, just everything that I'd done before, mm-hmm. just picked it up in New Zealand.
0: Did you do Groupon
1: again? No, I didn't. So that all fizzled. So basically, I was so lucky when I did that because that's before it was kind of known. They are so strict with the Groupon now and especially with photographers because they know that there's such an upsell with it and the $99 just, you know, with the photo shoot. So they're quite strict with it. So I think I might have run one of them here, but it wasn't very successful. Okay. And this is when everything kind of like, it went well, but I started to want to do it all. I stopped just focusing on what I loved, which was the glamour and boudoir and like mother-daughter shoots. And I tried to take on newborns and the families and just basically everything. I remember just looking at beautiful work and being like, well, well, I want to be good at it all. I want to do it all. And that's just sort of the person I am. So that's what I did. I literally would take any photo shoot that I could get. You know, I needed to make money. I wanted to work as much as I could. And so for, wow, it's probably literally been until quite recently that I have offered all those services. I changed my website. I, yeah, just sort of became a photographer that could do any sort of genre of photo shoot. And it went well, but I was still definitely more renowned for my sort of makeover portraits. And that was still my most popular shoot. So, yeah, I mean, from, from that little granny flat or mother-in-law suite, we moved with my mum once again. We we had quite a life with my mum. She, <laughs> she was single at the time. So she just was building a new house and it had like a self-contained unit underneath and it was perfect. So we moved in with her and that's where I started my fourth studio once again from home. And that was in a lounge and it did everything just the same, you know, set it all up, all natural light, diffused curtains, I had all my poly boards and makeup area. I just replicated what I'd done before. And that studio was really successful as well. Once again, I was actually at that stage. That's when I had my son. And I was starting to really get into the newborn shoots and more of the stylized shoots and the posing. But I was absolutely terrible at it. And I really didn't enjoy it. I really didn't enjoy it. But I... Continued to do it because I wanted to prove to myself that I could, Mm -hmm. more so than anything. So yeah, that was just the fourth studio we carried on there. We actually got to the point where we saved enough money and we were able to buy our first home. And that's the house that we're now in. And that was a whole, whole nother venture in itself. The house that we purchased when we moved here, it was this feeling that just overcame both of us and it was this old crappy little cottage. But it's in this beautiful little beach town just across the road from the beach. And we literally just both walked in here and it was like this is our home. And to the side of it it had this separate like granny flat mother-in-law sort of suite but oh I mean you wouldn't even want to take your children inside this place. It was just disgusting. <laughs> Great. It was so, so bad. That was our first project, is we literally ripped all the walls down and put new carpet in, put new flooring, painted it, and just, I did it all white. And it was this little, basically three single garages, but all like long-wise, not next to each other. So it's a very long, skinny room.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But down the end of it, and north-facing, which in New Zealand is you know, our all-day sun, whereas for you guys, it's south, isn't it?
0: South-facing, yeah.
1: So we want north-facing, and it had this north-facing window and ranch ranch slider, and it was just perfect. And for the last three, possibly four years, I can't even remember, around about that long, that has been my studio, and I did some incredible work in there, but also it was also the demise of my career, in a way. Oh, no. I ran a few campaigns in the studio. So I called them my celebration campaigns, and they worked amazingly. So basically I did these campaigns that I wanted people to feel like they were part of something and to kind of tell their story as to why they wanted to be photographed and who they wanted to be photographed with. And I did them I'm pretty sure that they either did it for like $99 and you'd get one image with that. It was an incredible campaign because it got me a lot of bums on seats. But Also, I didn't make a whole lot of money. This was at a point where I was doing average about four shoots a week, possibly five.
0: Oh, wow. That's a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it was a lot and they were quite messy in the sense that just all different sort of genres of shoots.
0: So it wasn't like a specific campaign where it was like, you know, women over 50 or... Yeah, yeah.
1: No, well, yeah,
0: it was a celebration campaign.
1: So it was, you know, why do you want to be photographed and who do you want to be photographed with? And so it was more sort of Mm family-orientated. And you'd have people come through with all beautiful different stories. I mean, that was part of it that I just absolutely loved was hearing their stories. And from each campaign, I created a beautiful magazine that they all got featured in with their photos and their story. So I did this a few times. I did one on postnatal depression and, yeah, I've I've run a few of those, but I've gotten better at it <laughs> as time has gone. I wasn't very good at the pre-sales still at that stage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, talking to my clients about, you know, you're going to want more images. I probably, to be honest with you, had lost a bit of my sort of love for my work and what I was doing. It became more of a job at that stage. and. I was working from a place of a bit more stress than from passion. Right. And I needed the work. I needed the money. You know, we now had a mortgage. Mm-hmm. We just renovated our house.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I really did sort of start to lose that. So that's when I booked in for the Queenstown workshop that Sue did. I just thought, no, I'm going to Queenstown and I'm gonna I'm going to find my spark again. I'm going to do this properly. So I went down there and it was just the most... amazing thing I mean you know what Sue's like seeing her just always changes everything and it was just amazing and this is when it was all studio lighting which I'd never photographed in my life and it was all quite daunting I don't know what I took away I love the experience but in my mind I was like well that was pointless because I can never fit studio lights in my studio anyway so I guess after that, I, I was so elated and I loved the experience. I loved the energy that I got from it and working with just glamour again. But I got home and, and was quite deflated because I, I just knew that I couldn't have those lights. My studio's way too small, the ceilings were like incredibly low and it was just not an option. So that, I think it was about nearly a year. So from that time that I did that workshop with, so it was just a struggle. I was not in a very good place at all.
0: Well, to me, four shoots a week is high volume. I agree. Like, I don't know that I could sustain. at four. And especially, like you said, if you weren't strong at the pre-selling and people are coming in for $99 and getting one photo and that's all that comes with it and that's all they're taking and you're not making, you know, the money that you need to make from it, like, yeah, I would be burned out too. I mean, that's just, that's not sustainable.
1: It's really not. And like I said Because I also was trying to do it all, because I thought I needed to do it all to get money. Mm -hmm. I was working from a very wrong place and I 100% burnt out and I could even see it in my work. I wasn't doing the same work that I used to. I was just so over it. And I was just one day driving down this little town that is close to us, it's about 20 minutes from here. And I think Sue might have talked about at Pokacurre, which is you know where she lived and comes from
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: and we've got a beautiful little main street i mean it's a well, it used to be a small town, it's quite big now, but it's got all these beautiful heritage buildings, and I was just driving down this road and I just looked at these buildings and I thought, you know what, why do I have to work from my garage? Why do I have to work from home anymore? Why don't I get a space outside of my home for once in my life and actually do something different
0: yeah. Casey, how long ago was this?
1: This is literally last year, so 2019, about July, August.
0: Okay, okay, so not that long ago.
1: Yes, so this is when, like, everything has changed since that moment that I was driving down the road. And (laughs) it was just funny, once again, you know how, well, I firmly believe that, you know, when everything's meant to be, it just starts to fall into place, and the pieces of the puzzle just all start to come together. And I literally, when my friend, one of my girlfriends is in real estate, and I rang her and I said, look, I want to get a commercial space in in King Street. And she said, well, there's nothing for lease, but you can buy one. And I sort of cracked up at her and I thought, well, that's funny. Like, don't be stupid. She said, no, seriously, there's this new building that's just been renovated and they've got little units inside of it. And she said, why don't you go have a look? And she told me the price, and I I just sort of, like, nearly fell off my chair because I was expecting it to be sort of millions of dollars, but it wasn't. And it was absolutely doable. And I remember walking into this building, and I was just like, how have I not noticed this building? And, oh, my God, it was just beautiful. They've done it quite New York lofty and just Big high ceilings, white walls, wooden floors.
0: Oh, that sounds so dreamy.
1: It was just absolutely incredible. And I walked up the stairs and to see the little units. And they've done it with big high high ceilings and what would you call them, like ceiling windows? Don't even know the name for it. <laughs>
0: but Yeah, like floor to ceiling windows?
1: No, like in the roof had light, like windows.
0: Oh, skylight. A skylight. Skylight.
1: Yep. That's the word I'm looking for. So, I walked into this space and I just literally fell in love and from that moment, I called the agent and I said right we've you know I want to see inside we 've got to make this happen and it was just quite ironic because I'd come from all these natural light studios, and when I got shown the the space, it was just this big wide open white space with massive high ceilings, but it had this one tiny little window and oh, I was so out of my comfort zone because I thought, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to shoot natural light and I'm going to have to change my whole way of shooting. And for some reason that excited me and it didn't scare me. And I suddenly felt this energy again and this love and passion for what I was doing. And for over the next few months, we fitted out the studio. So that was really exciting for me. I loved doing the design and my husband's a builder. So he um, did the fit out.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah. So it was end of last year that that all got finished, and as we are all aware of now, this year hasn't been fantastic. This year started my thirty over thirty campaign, and it just it was really kicking off and becoming incredible. I had about at that stage eighteen or nineteen bookings from it, and yeah, January February it was really kicking off, and I started to actually start photographing back in that genre that. I loved and was truly passionate about.
0: Right. Oh, that makes such a difference, doesn't it?
1: Oh, it's just changed my whole world. Everything has shifted completely. And, you know, we, we've all had a bit of a break and stuff over lockdown. So everything was, was closed. Mm-hmm. That was a really hard, hard time for me and, of course, for everybody. You know, I've spent so much money investing in the studio and basically, you know, mortgaging everything up to the eyeballs. But that didn't matter. It was like someone had just crushed my dreams. And I mean, it sounds a bit selfish because there's so many worse out in the world. But for me personally, it was quite a difficult time because, you know, it was just like, you've just built this beautiful studio. No, Now you have to shut it down. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that was a tough time. But You know what, since we've opened back up, it's like this whole new world has opened for me and I've become a different person. I think having that time off makes you, well, made me sort of focus on what I wanted and to realise what Mm -hmm. I wanted and to kind of work from a purer place. So when I opened the studio back up, I decided that that's, that's it. I don't want to do newborns. I don't want to photograph children. I want to focus on this project and photographing women. That's always been my true passion. But I have this beautiful studio. Why can't I allow somebody else to do that genre? Why can't I allow the studio to have all the genres available to clients? But that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to do them. So before the, the lockdown situation, I actually found a photographer
0: and a assistant. Oh, like someone to shoot? Other clients in within your business,
1: yeah. So, and uh, this photographer is just amazing at families and at children and newborns, all the things that I didn't want to do. Ah, there you go. Yeah, she does them and she does them beautifully. She doesn't work in a studio. She mainly did shoots at people's homes or outdoors. So she was hungry for so much more, and she um, she was actually a past client of mine, and that's how she got into photography. So it was quite interesting how it all kind of fell into place. So I'm busy actually sort of teaching her the studio side of things and teaching her all the lighting and stuff because she's never used anything like that, which I think is actually perfect because she's come in with a fresh palette. Mm -hmm. And then we have another girl, she's just finished a degree in photography. She's more doing the assisting and learning role from both of us and we've got her doing all of our editing, which, oh my goodness, I tell you, I have done all my editing for the last 12 years and this is a game changer.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh. It's a big game changer. I mean, you've brought up a couple big game changers. One being how important it is to shoot what you love. And yes, there are going to be times when you're in transition or you have you know, a new expense or something where maybe you'll take on shoots that you don't love just to get that extra money to get by. Like we're not saying never take a shoot. But man, when you can get to a place where you don't have to take anything that you don't want to anymore, it is like shooting what you love changes everything. Everything. And just like what you said, outsourcing things that suck the life out of you. Like some people love retouching me. There's no way I could run my business and retouch. There's no way. I have to have a retoucher. Absolutely. So I'm so glad that you've you've given that up.
1: Absolutely. You know, uh, what I've actually given up is trying to do it all. And trying to be perfect at everything Mm -hmm. and saying, oh, no, I have to retouch my images. Otherwise, I'm not a real photographer and it's not the same. Like, oh, just letting go of all of that ridiculous baggage and nonsense that it's let me focus on what I am good at. Right. And that's photographing women. I've, I'm learning my lights better. I'm learning my posing better. I'm getting creative with my shoots, which is the most important part. hmm And really connecting with my clients. I'm educating them before they come in for their shoots. I'm not ashamed of my prices. When I took on the studio, I spent a ton of money on my website. I have turned this into a professional space and... All of my prices are on my website. My clients know exactly what they're in for before they're booking. I don't have individual images. My packages now start at $1,500 and that is the beginning, like the minimum package. Awesome. So they pay a deposit before they come, which gets deducted off the package, whichever one they choose. But my packages are all inclusive. They have the beautiful portrait boxes. They have the digital images. Even some of them have canvases and frames. From over my years, I was sick of sort of trying to bring people in and saying, oh, but images start at 350 and then, you know, trying to upsell them. I've kind of stopped doing that. I'm like, this is what you're getting, but if this is your budget, that's what I'm going to shoot for. If you just want the five images or the 10 images, that's what we're shooting for. Often I can bump them up to the next package, but I'm happy with even just the $1,500. If that's what I'm going to get, then I'm, I'm happy with that.
0: Same, same. Yep, yep.
1: But because that's my lowest package, I don't get any time wasters anymore. I'm booking clients that want to be there. They know how much it's going to cost. I have payment plans available for them. I've got on my website, they can make credit card payments towards their package even before they come to the photo shoot. I basically structure it whatever way they want. And it's quite successful. I am not getting as many shoots, although, ironically, recently, that's all changed and I think that once again because I've shifted my energy from a place of needing shoots and wanting to book them, I'm now doing shoots that I love and my work has definitely changed. This campaign, this project, the 30 Over 30 project that I'm doing is just incredible. I think I've only got maybe one spot left and um, it's it's just been quite remarkable. I would say now that I'm more at about the $2,000 average. and That's great. At this stage, probably doing more like two shoots a week average, maybe three. But yeah, I'd say two average, Mm, mm -hmm. which for me is absolutely perfect. And it's giving me time to be able to, I'm actually started to do a bit of an online interior design diploma. So it's it's just giving me time to actually do other things that I'm really passionate about. And to focus, just to focus on the photography that I love my assistant is doing all my editing. And she's just amazing. Like she's just picked it up so fast and that's a total game changer. I mean, that's hours of, of time. So yeah.
0: So cool. So cool. And we operate very similarly where I'm package only as well. And and it seems like it's, I'd have to go back and really work it out, but it seems like it's about 50, 50 with the people that I've interviewed on this podcast so far, where half the people are doing the package only where either you're going to buy nothing, which I think rarely happens for me. Actually, I don't even remember the last time that that happened.
1: Yeah. It's
0: either you're going to buy nothing or you're going to buy starting at my personal branding packages. It's a thousand dollars with a session fee. Yeah. And that's it. And I'm so comfortable with that now where half the people who I've interviewed are just much more comfortable, you know, doing it the starting ad where you can buy one or two and go up from there. Yeah. So it can go either way. It, it really can.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? Once again, each to their own, you've got to do what resonates with you personally and what you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And that's truly important through all aspects of this career. Yeah. You can't just do something because somebody else is doing it. You need to do what feels right for you. And this is just, this is working for me. It's been a game changer for me. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been really cool talking with you and just hearing about you know, Sue from a different perspective and just way back when, before she was, you know, an educator like this.
1: Yeah. Wow, she's always been amazing. But
0: Yeah. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. That's for sure. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Seeing that fight in her and that determination and just her dreams of what she wanted and then just see them just come to fruition. It's it's been quite amazing for me to watch while you know, I mean it's taken me twelve years to get to this point now where I feel like I'm really doing what those 12 years have taught me but in between that time I had two children and we renovated a whole house and you know we've moved countries and wow it's been quite the journey but
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know I'd say for a lot of people out there that they can probably do it a lot quicker so <laughs> don't maybe not take 12 years but
0: <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Yeah. But everyone goes at their own pace. And, you know, and that's the thing. We all have our own path. And, you know, it's really cool. I feel like once you get to that place where you know you're on the right path again, it's a great feeling, isn't it?
1: It's truly the best feeling. Like my whole world, everything has shifted in my energies, my relationships. I just feel so much more true to who I am and Mm -hmm. just so much more clear about where I want to go. My goals are now being set and like everything seems possible Yeah, because I'm really listening to myself.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah, again, I really appreciate you sharing everything and yeah, I'm really excited for you, especially with this new space and learning studio lights and yeah, that's amazing.
1: Oh, it's it's never ending. It's so much fun. I'm just just loving having these women come in and just seeing their transformation, you know?
0: Like I'm just Mm
1: -hmm. back to where I started. Yeah. But it's just amazing and they just love it. It's quite incredible. Yeah, very cool.
0: Awesome. Well, I do have a couple more questions for you, the same questions that I always ask people at the end of the show. Yeah. And number one is, what's something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot?
1: Oh, absolutely, my fan or (laughs) hairdryer.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a good one.
1: Uh, Like, especially now doing all my glamour shirts again, it is an absolute, it's always going in some way, whether it's to blow fabric or hair or my assistants using the hairdryer and the fan. There is always some kind of movement. And for me, I find that when you have that air on the clients and they feel their hair and fabric moving, a different person sort of comes out. And it's amazing to watch. So yeah, yeah, generally yeah. in every shoot, there's gonna be there's gonna be my fan.
0: It's so funny. One of the, the shoot that I did, it was a returning client. She was a repeat client, and I was getting ready to start, and I was like, "Oh wait, the fan." And my assistant was like, oh, yeah, how weird. Like, that's so bizarre that I forgot to grab the fan, you know. And my client was like, oh, I was going to say I was worried. Like, weren't you going to bring the fan out? I loved the fan last time. It's funny how clients love it, too. You know, Uh, they do.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, number two, how do you spend your time when you're not working? Um, With my family,
1: absolutely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Until recently, I basically was spending all my time working, which was not ideal. So now we're just trying to really focus on family trips, taking weekends away and just doing things with our kids, going down to the beach. Right. That's literally the most important thing to me now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. I love it. Okay. Number three, what's your favorite inspirational quote?
1: Okay, so it's one by Steve Jobs, and I was actually given this in a frame probably 10 years ago. So the quote is, your work is going to fill a large part of your life, and the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking, don't settle, as with all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. And like any great relationship, it just gets better and better as the years roll on. So keep looking until you find it. Don't settle.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: That quote has resonated with me. And every studio I've been with, it's kind of come with me and it sits on the wall. And it truly does resonate with me because I truly believe in that, that to do great work, you have to love what you do. And Mm -hmm. I'm I'm proof of
0: that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Same, same. Really, really love that quote. I'm glad you said that. I've never actually heard that quote.
1: Oh, really? It's it's fantastic. Yeah,
0: Yeah. (laughs) that's amazing. Very cool. Okay, number, I I got distracted. I'm like, what number are we on? Okay, number four, Mm -hmm. what would you say to people who are just getting started?
1: I would say be true to who you are. Really focus on what you love, what resonates with you. Don't try and do it all. Mm -hmm. Try and focus on mastering one element. If you connect with that element, keep going and keep, you know, like Sue says, master your craft. Yeah, I think... Just be true to yourself and just don't mm-hmm. don't try and be overwhelmed with it all. Just focus on small bits. Mm-hmm. Become really good and organized and efficient in those small areas. And from there, expand. But don't try and do everything.
0: Yeah, love that. Otherwise, it's so overwhelming.
1: Oh, it really is. And then you, you, then you just lose sight of it all and you don't actually know
0: mm-hmm.
1: where you're going and what you're doing. And you can't become really good at that one thing hmm so true, so
0: true. One last question, where can people find you if they're looking for you online? So
1: at this stage, we're actually going through a rebrand as I was Casey Van Leefter Portrait Photography. I'm rebranding just as Van Lefter Portrait Studio. So at this stage online, it's still caseyvanleefter.com. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. Instagram now is Van Lefter Portrait Studio. Will you spell that? That's V-A-N, separate word, L-I-E, F-D-E. Okay.
0: It means of love. (laughs) Okay, great. Great. I just wanted to make sure just so people could find it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so we're on all different platforms and yeah, Instagram's probably got
0: quite a bit of our work and yeah, you can find me there. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Casey. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for giving us a glimpse into your life and a glimpse into what it was like with Sue way back when, and I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, thank you for having me. I love listening to the podcast, so it's been amazing. Great.
0: All right, thanks again. Thanks, Nikki.